Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast sharing how to create and grow income streams and manage, multiply, and protect your wealth in the new economy. Are you tired of trading your time for money? Do you desire freedom today instead of retirement in 10, 20, or 30 years? I'm MC Lobsher, and this is the Cashflow Ninja. Hello, Cashflow Ninjas. MC Lobsher here, and welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Ninja. I have a great show for you today. In today's show, we're going to look at triple net lease cash flow. My guest in today's episode is Dwayne Clark, also known as the mailbox money guy. He is a real estate investor, syndicator, and broker specializing in single tenant net lease properties nationwide. Dwayne has completed over $100 million in transactions since 2012, and he's also the author of three real estate investing books and the host of the Wealth Through Real Estate Investing podcast. He is making available uh, for Cashflow Ninja listeners a free PDF version of his book, Real Estate Mailbox Money, The Passive Investor's Guide to Collecting Guaranteed Monthly Rent Checks from Brand Name Corporate Triple Net Lease Tenants with No Management, No Hassle, and No Experience. You can grab a copy of this PDF version of the book at buynnproperties.com forward slash Cashflow Ninja. If you're interested in joining our investors group, you could go to cashflowninja.com forward slash investors group and fill out an application form and or email me at info cashflowninja.com to start the discussion to see if you're a good fit for our group. And if you're in the Philadelphia, Bucks County and Southern New Jersey area, we are hosting a live investors meetup event every month in Newtown, Pennsylvania. For more information on the monthly event and information on how to join us at our next live event, you could go to cashflowninja.com forward slash events. And I will also be speaking at the Multifamily Investor Nation Summit coming up on June 27th through to June 29th. It's a three-day information-packed event for multifamily investors with over 1,000 attendees and over 50 speakers. You will hear from experts about finding deals, raising capital, underwriting strategies, selecting markets, and much, much more. To access the event, you can go to apartmentevent.com to grab your ticket and use promo code NINJA to get $100 off. If you are like many of the listeners of the show, you're always looking for unique ways to protect and grow your hard-earned capital. But sometimes, that's easier said than done. The key to investing late in the cycle is identifying favorable opportunities on a risk-adjusted basis. That's where our friends at ASIM Capital come in. Since 2011, ASIM has helped more than 300 accredited investors allocate more than $20 million to mobile home parks, self-storage, and workforce housing due to the ability to generate asymmetric returns while protecting their investors' portfolios. If you're interested in learning more, head over to asymcapital.com, that's A-S-Y-M capital.com to get instant access to their investment offerings. MC Lobshire, the host of the Cashflow Ninja podcast and also the president and chief wealth and investment strategist of Producers Wealth, where we help our clients integrate cashflow banking, also known as infinite banking, with their business and investments. If you're interested in learning more about how we create strategies that integrate cashflow banking and investments to turbocharge them, you can access a video series at yourownbankingsystem.com. That's your own banking system.com. Dwayne, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, MC. I really appreciate it. 
Yeah, excited to have you on and great to connect again. Always enjoy our conversations. Uh, Dwayne, before we get uh, into the meat of our discussion today, uh, can you please share a little bit about your background and journey with my listeners? Absolutely. Again, thank you so much for the opportunity. But a little bit about me, uh, I kind of started a little bit of everywhere. Uh, I came in uh, studying fix and flips um, when I saw a sign on the road one day for a real estate meeting uh, seminar. And I said, this, is, this looks pretty interesting. So I went to it and kind of started my journey there from buying different courses to uh, eventually getting my broker's license to eventually starting a property management company. So I kind of had my hands in a lot of different things, but I stumbled upon uh, single tenant net lease properties dealing with a client that had uh, a number of different apartment buildings, but I noticed that he had owned a CVS um, and a Walgreens pharmacy. And I never knew that anyone can actually own something like that. And he said that he has a very diverse portfolio. He started kind of teaching me that, yeah, uh, Walgreens and CVS, those types of tenants, they lease. They don't actually own the building in most cases. Uh, so I started kind of studying a little bit more about that and kind of all the benefits and found out it was really a truly passive investment. And it was really a uh, a certain type of investor that would invest into these types of investments because it's really hands-on. Uh, so I really went out on a journey to kind of educate myself on what really the benefits of this and kind of how to get involved in it. And now I kind of form my whole business around it where I deal with high net worth individuals, REITs, uh, private equity firms that buy net lease properties all over the country. And it's just been a blast and it's been a very fun to work with these clients. Now, for listeners that uh, is not familiar with these properties and uh, these leases, what is triple net lease property and net lease investment property? And what, what are some of the benefits? Why would investors invest in them? Yeah, so it's a freestanding retail industrial or office building that is occupied by one company. Um, usually the tenant is committed to a long-term lease of 10, maybe up to 25 years at a time. The tenant is also responsible for paying the rent plus some or all of the operating expenses, which includes taxes, property insurance, utilities, maintenance, and repairs. And some of these tenants are places that we bank, drink, have our coffee, fill our prescription at every single day. And we don't even realize it, like I mentioned in the intro. And then many of the benefits is, is actually a truly passive type of investment. Uh, they have different types of lease structures. They have absolute triple net lease and they have double net, but I primarily deal with the absolute net where the tenant is completely responsible for all the expenses. So the landlord can really be located anywhere in the country and own a property in a different state. And the, the tenant is paying for everything and all they're getting is the, the, the cash flow rent check each and every single month. Wow. So that, yeah, covering all the expenses and even the taxes, how does it compare to the other property types? And why would someone consider something like this uh, that it, when they've already in, invested in multifamily or mobile home parks? Absolutely. So it's, it's a good diversity of investment. So it really comes down to the type of investor. The net lease property is very um, passive, hands-on, doesn't have the kind of yield that an apartment or self-storage or a mobile home park would have. So it really comes down to the type of investor that you are. Um, but as I said, it's really, really passive. 
um, something that they have a long-term lease. So you never have to worry about for years to come. So it's really a good option. And another thing, the first thing that comes to mind that obviously there's things going on in retail, right? There's a lot of disruption in retail. There's a lot of disruption in a lot of, lot of in- industries. So what are some of the net triple net lease tenants that you would say are pretty good tenants? And what are some examples of some of these great tenants? Yes, I would focus on tenants that have um, internet resistance. So I call the the Amazon effect, where Amazon is kind of you can buy everything, anything you can think of on the internet, especially Amazon. So you want to be targeting a tenant that um, operates a business where people have to go and shop at all the time, like like a fast food or some casual dining or entertainment or something of that sort. You want to deal in a place that is selling office or furniture, stuff that you can buy easily online. So it's kind of a good start there. Then you want to focus on tenants. I I call intrinsical values that have, you know, good traffic counts located in a very busy corridor, has good visibility, good demographic makeup, populations is very good. Just all the good stuff that you look for in a any traditional piece of real estate. Uh, then I kind of talked uh, in regarding looking at stuff in regarding the strength of the tenant. Is it corporate guaranteed? Is it institutional? Is it a franchise? Is it a public company? You kind of got to look deeper to see if that tenant is strong enough to sustain its business model locally. And then we look at the length of the lease to see how long that that tenant has a lease there. Kind of make sure that you know you have a good you know, long-term tenant is going to stay there for a long time. Yeah. And, and that ties into uh, the next question that I had for investors to analyze triple net lease property. Well, what should they be looking for? You mentioned one of the leases and I'm sure you're going to touch on that. Um, but what are some of the general things that, uh, that, that should be uh, looking for and take into consideration when analyzing these deals? Yes. You want to kind of get as deep as possible. Uh, like I mentioned for, for the location, uh, is it getting, uh, is it just a good piece of real estate is the number one piece. Um, then going a little bit deeper, looking at the tenant, we always look at the, t- the financials. Does it have good sales at that location? If it's an institutional grade tenant, like a CVS pharmacy or Walgreens that have, you know, multi-billion dollars in sales and, you know, tons of locations worldwide, uh, you want to make sure that it's a strong background and then see how long, you know, l- length of the lease and then have any additional option peers on top of that to make sure that you have a, a good survivable tenant. But like I said, just looking at it from a traditional standpoint, making sure that that location has good jobs, good retail, good traffic, all of the traditional stuff you would look at at any other different type of investment. Yeah. So uh, you'd mentioned on the location of obviously looking at, you know, other businesses in the area too. I think Starbucks is a pretty good real estate apartment, right? That, that kind of does their research. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so it's like follow, looking at, 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 at uh, those type of companies, um, you know, the, t- the strength of the tenant, you mentioned the, you know, the resistance to the internet disruption. So there are, I mean, uh, you know, CVS and, and, and Walmart, or not Walmart, um, Walgreens rather, they're a little bit of a different animal, right? Because I could see prescriptions maybe being shipped online 
eventually, but there's other elements to it too. The walking, the quick stop in, somebody's got a cold, flu, that type of stuff. So those are very, very strong tenants. And of course, you touch on the length of the lease, which is something that I was interested in. Um, what are some of the risk factors when uh, looking at these types of properties? Yeah, it's just like with any types of real estate, it has its you know types of risk that comes along with it. But making sure that it has what we had mentioned before, all the intrinsical values. Um, but if you end up buying a tenant that, you know, like we had mentioned before, that is susceptible to e-commerce, then you will know after that lease runs out that they're going to go out of business. And then you're going to deal with a building that's vacant that you're going to have to release. Uh, main thing is buying the, the piece of real estate. So if it's not in a good location and the tenant's not going to perform well, Depending on that guarantee on the lease, if it's say it's a very mom and pop type store and they end up just not able to survive, they're going to go out. And then not only they're going to survive, other other tenants that go into that location probably won't do well also. So you got to make sure that you get a good piece of real estate. So you really have to look at it from a big macro perspective. You know, look in the big picture. Is it what type of location? But can this tenant actually survive it? And then what type of industry is it? Is it going to ever have a disruption later on in the future if any other player comes into the marketplace or if anything you're buying online can also be done there at that store as well? And what are some of the returns that investors can expect expect in some of these deals? Yeah, so it varies. So you can have uh, institutional grade tenants, you have franchise level tenants, you have regional tenants. So really, it kind of differs and also differs on the, the amount of term that is left on a lease. If it has five years, does it have 10 years or more? Um, then also the strength of the tenant. Um, so it really comes down to different factors. But on the very low side, uh, I can kind of give an example of a recent deal that we just did uh, of a 7-Eleven gas station, which is an institutional AA uh, credit rated tenant. Those are trading into the the mid 4% range, then you can get stuff up to maybe a dollar general store, which can go from a six and a quarter up to maybe 7% cap rate. So, so they vary by different tenants and different locations. So there's many different factors, but you can probably say overall, the net lease marketplace is going to be a 4% all the way, maybe up to a seven, 8% on the max side. And what are some of the average uh, prices for uh, some of these properties to purchase them? If you're buying a franchise, if you're buying like, uh, you know, a dollar general or something like that. Yeah. On average, I would say on the very low side, you're going to be looking at seven figures. So on a one, you know, 1 million side, all the way up to, you know, a hundred million. So they, they, they range. So it's not like a small multifamily, two, three family. You can buy stuff for a couple hundred thousand. I mean, there's just a handful of tenants that you're going to see in that price range. But on average, you're going to see probably one to 10, you know, $10 million that you're going to see that that's on a marketplace today. So how does investors, and maybe you could share a little bit about your business model as well, of how do people get to participate in this? Because obviously this, these are large numbers, right? This is not small deals and there's going to be some cap, capital needed to, to acquire these. Yeah, absolutely. So I deal with a lot of 1031 exchange buyers that are either coming out of a you know management intensive heavy apartment building or they have a piece of land that's generating no income at all. And um, they want to place some capital into some uh, into these types of deals. Um, and also 
um, coming from private equity or larger institutions that are also buying these types of properties. But uh, I mean, it, it's like I said, with any other different types of investment, the, the property is going to be ranging in, in prices and in various degrees of uh, you know locations and stuff. So it really comes down to what's your end goal. And then we can kind of line you up specifically on the type of property that you look for. Right. Right. Ab- absolutely. Um, and then obviously there are syndication opportunities too, where folks can put together syndications to invest into, into a project such as these. Absolutely. Yeah. So now, not only we can do syndications, they also have tick investments where tenants in common, as well as DSTs, which are Delaware statutory trusts, which is kind of another type of formation of a tick structure where many investors are pooling their money together to buy these types of investments. So that's also a good option for people as well who may have a little bit amount of capital, but do see the benefit of owning these types of properties. And without having to go put up the whole bill, you can be able to go participate with other investors and get all of the benefits at the same time. You're listening to The Cashflow Ninja, the show helping people all over the world create monthly cash flow and achieve freedom today, not in 10, 20, 30, and or 40 years. This is a show where cash is not king, but cash flow is king. We will be right back after a word from our sponsors. My friend Dave Zook from The Real Asset Investor says, you can be conventional or you can be wealthy. Pick one. The Real Asset Investor team creates value for investors looking for high yield returns from multifamily apartments, ATM machines, and self-storage investments. Their syndications offer attractive investment opportunities that produce strong cash flow, equity growth, huge tax incentives. They are truly passive and managed by a world-class team. To learn more about the exciting investment opportunities the Real Asset Investor offers, such as their multifamily, ATM, and self-storage syndications, please visit cashflowninja.com forward slash real asset investor. Are you having a hard time finding great investment properties? Unfortunately, the best deals are rarely found locally. Successful investing begins with the right properties in the right markets. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best deals across the United States. Our simple proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly cash flow. Learn how to find the best deals by downloading your free copy of The Ultimate Guide to Passive Real Estate Investing at noradarealestate.com. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com. You're listening to The Cashflow Ninja, the show helping people all over the world create monthly cash flow and achieve freedom today, not in 10, 20, 30, and or 40 years. This is a show where cash is not king, but cash flow is king. Now let's return to our interview. Yeah, no, this is quite fa- fascinating in a different aspect because if you look around you, there's real estate all around you. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking at the retail space and you're looking in this area as well, there's uh, there's definitely, uh, yeah, there, there, there's just so, so much opportunity there. So what are some additional things that people can do if they're interested? What would you recommend they, they look at? Um, what, would they, what would you recommend that they, they do in their research uh, on this topic? And what, maybe, maybe some additional, um, uh, I would say, starting tips, right? Guiding <laughs> them in the right direction. Yeah, so it really comes down to just researching different markets, seeing which areas are doing well, you have a lot of, I do a lot of business in the tax-free states that's very popular, Florida, Texas, 
um, and other different places. I will look at the top 25 marketplaces. Then I will start researching different tenants. I mean, there's so many that you can choose from, from fast food to general retail to office to, I mean, there's so many different types. So you want to come down to see your kind of your preference risk tolerance, and then you have to see which of those tenants may fit the bill for yours because each of them have their varying degrees of, of yield that they may return. And a lot of the, I do a lot of investors uh, that I work with a lot of investors that are at the retirement age and they want maybe a 10 year or 15 year triple net lease property that they can just kind of get cash flow until they continue to retirement and they could possibly pass on to their children. Uh, so they kind of align different deals that may give them that yield each and every month, all the way till then when they need to pass it on or when they pass when they pass away. Right, right. Because the value truly in these properties, if you think about it, is the lease and the tenants. Right, that's Absolutely. it. That's that's the value right there. Uh, a building without a tenant in this is is not, is not worth much. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 worth the lease. Uh, you mentioned markets and you mentioned Florida, Texas, and this is something that's just fascinating for me personally that I look at because there's a massive migration going on in the country right now, which nobody's really covering at all, which is quite surprising as well. There's actually one website, How Money Walks is a great one. He is actually cover, covering it, Travis Brown. Um, what markets are you seeing that Besides, obviously, the Florida, the Texas, Arizona is a big one that apparently a lot of Californians are moving to. Um, what markets are you seeing right now that's pretty hot that is popping up on the radar where as far as from a from a population growth standpoint that um, would be desirable for investments in vehicles such as this? Yeah, absolutely. We're looking, uh, we're doing a lot of business in the Carolinas, North and South Carolinas, uh, Florida, North Florida. Uh, Texas, uh, Arizona, Colorado. Uh, we're doing a lot of business in. Uh, so a lot of the movie is kind of movement of money is coming out of the the coast uh, the coast properties. So you have the New Yorks and the Californians, and they're kind of moving them into these different states. So most of the deals I'm seeing, like I said, in the Carolinas, Florida, uh, Texas, Arizona, you know, Colorado. Uh, we do a lot of deals in Nevada as well. Um, and then kind of little micro pockets within each of those states because there's so many different different aspects of what a good deal is in a particular state. Uh, we've done transactions in over 40 different states. Uh, so we've been able to find particular pockets in each one. But of course, there's some very popular ones that we get a lot of requests for you know, deals in those locations as well. Yeah, I can think of Dallas-Fort Worth is probably one. <laughs> it's a lot of folks Absolutely. are uh, interested. Now, another question that I had, uh, and this goes back to watching the movie The Founder uh, that's based on Ray Kroc and, and McDonald's, right? The whole story of McDonald's, um, which um, for those that have, see, have seen the movie, they might remember this. For those that have not watched the movie, I would recommend it. And um, warning, spoiler alert. But um, <laughs> McDonald's is basically a real estate company, which – is what unfolded in the movie where they they basically right crock at this aha moment with a person that he brought in and said, well, you can own the you can own the real estate underneath all of this, and there's a business on top of the real estate paying for it, right? Mm-hmm. So McDonald's is a little bit of a different animal. I'm sure they don't own all of the properties, depending on the ownership structure that they have and the deal and the licensing and all of that kind of stuff. So I don't want to make blanket statements, but um, 
What do you see with other fast food franchises? Do, uh, do a lot of them have private ownership of the land and the businesses just rent the space? Or are there more that, you know, have tried to mimic the McDonald's business model, if you will? Yeah, so they have a combination of both, uh, in particular with McDonald's, because I, I sell a lot of McDonald's. And okay. the misconception is that it's always, you know, like this franchise with them specifically, but yeah. we, we work with their corporate locations. So the ones that they operate, you know, directly, we will sell those. But the franchise one, of course, they're dealing directly with uh, McDonald's corporate, then, you know, they're technically the landlord for them. Yeah. Um, with other fast food, you know, they're also doing a combination of both kind of taking that McDonald's um, uh, model as well. Uh, so we, but in that particular case, we also sell their franchise locations where one <clears throat> one tenant will have 30 locations and then we'll sell one of those locations and it'll be guaranteed by the 30 and the, the corporate um, uh, company as well. So they kind of do a mix of both and they really base it off of their internal financials to see what makes sense to be the owner of specific locations and some to lease out in order for kind of like a, a balance sheet cost savings type of thing for them internally. So it's kind of good to kind of see both sides of the coin and then kind of work with different type of tenants. And then another one that kind of came to mind is, is 7-Eleven, which they also have their franchise model, which they work directly with franchisees and their corporate locations, which the ones that we sell a lot of those as well. So it really comes down to kind of looking because you can actually um, be able to access both of those types of deals if you're an investor. Interesting. The other trend that I see as well is the co-working spaces. Um, what uh, what information can you s- share regarding that? Because there's there's obviously brands that people will be familiar with. Regis is global, right? Regis mm-hmm. offices, uh, and then there's uh, Hive, obviously the Hive, and I'm just thinking of uh, WeWork is WeWork. another one. Yeah, so there's a couple of that. What what uh, what are you seeing with those? And what are the, what are their models like? Yeah, so those uh, in particular, they are they're going to take a space in an existing office building and then kind of structure, you know, their leasing model to other, you know, small business operators. Uh, years ago, I used to have a uh, Regis office um, location as well as we work in new york city um but so they're kind of taking a piece of it and in some cases they'll buy the whole building and then they'll rent it out that space and those buildings are actually um offers for sale as well so it's just kind of this vast world of the the triple net lease space that there's so many different tenants that you can buy um these different types of lease structures from so just really just coming out and seeing that, you know, they're operating that model, but you can also participate as being the, the landlord for them. Gotcha. Gotcha. So that's a big trend that we see um, uh, as well. What are some of the other, is there interesting businesses looking also for, um, for obviously pro- properties or rental space that you, that you've seen out there that's saying this is interesting and it might not, it might actually play along with the internet trend. Um, and not against it. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a, there's so many different types of tenants that, that are out there. I mean, lately now with, depending on each particular state is, you know, the cannabis stuff. So I've been seeing a lot of tenants now, you know, going to spaces and they're, you know, offering these triple net lease um, structures for people to buy in and they, you know, they'll give good return. Some people may not like that particular tenant or industry, but just as to give you an example is this, you know, that stuff that's out there. 
Um, you know, a whole bunch of different types of fast food companies are, are coming into the scene. Um, you know, retail and quick service stuff. Entertainment is big. Uh, we sell uh, a few um, uh, movie theaters um, that, that are out there, um, hotels that operate on ground leases. So just so many different things. That's why the, the business and this industry is so interesting and exciting. Um, so it comes down to, you know, you can get a brand name tenant, you can get a mom and top, mom and pop type tenant, you can get a controversial tenant like a cannabis tenant. So there's so many different stuff that's, that's out there. It's just really kind of talking to someone like me or going out doing your research to find out what opportunities are out there. Yeah, very interesting. I'm fascinated about this because it's something that you don't think of, but it's there. And there's some investors doing really well in this specific space. Obviously, there's a lot of changes going on and uh, you study and research and stay on top of things. And that's a habit I've observed from wealthy and successful people is that they're always uh, studying new subjects and learning new skill sets. What are you currently studying and what new skill sets are you currently learning? Yeah, I do a lot of mindset stuff. Um, I'm always, I, I call my car automobile university. I always have some type of tape or audio book that's playing in the car. And it's to the point where it kind of annoys my kids because they just kind of hear this, this guy talking um, in the background. They're like, daddy, who is that? And it's like I said, I'm always playing something. So, but lately I've been doing a lot of mindset, uh, financial stuff. So anything I can kind of grab my hands off and I, I put a goal uh, for myself to go through a piece of uh, reading or audiobook material within one week and just move on to the next one. And then I have a little book that I kind of take notes, kind of like some some scribble notes to kind of summarize what I went out when I when I went through, just so I can absorb as much information as I possibly can. Because me doing so much hours in my business and my, my investment business, that you got to put the education in. So. I try to fit in as much as I possibly can and just try to squeeze everything while conducting a life and working the business too. Absolutely. Um, now, a core message in our show is to leave our families, communities, and the world better than we found it by passing down a mindset, values, and principles to future generations, not just money. So if you cannot pass on any money to future generations and we're only allowed to pass on three principles to them, to build wealth and achieve happiness and success, what would they be? Uh, education. Um, so everywhere I go on a business trip or go to a, a meeting, I always bring my son just to kind of show him the ropes, uh, the, the blessing uh, for my business. I'm able to work from my home office. So I get visits almost every single hour from my little kids and I kind of show them and kind of talk to them what I'm about what I'm doing. So, and then now he's starting to say, I want to be a businessman when he grows up. So the education is one. Mentoring, I have a couple of kids um, that just graduated from college uh, that I mentor and they come to my office and we, I bring them around and I kind of show them the ropes and whatever thing I can help them to, you know, to help them bridge the gap. Because going through my journey, I've made, men, I made mistakes and I always learn, for it, learn from it. So I'm trying to help them to be able to get over to that next hump and, and hopefully have a better life for themselves. And just sharing in love. Um, I tried to, you know, uh, learn from my parents and they, you know, shower me with love and try to do the same thing for my kids so I can have them close to me and just kind of have a good life and, you know, and just, you know, live the, the blessing of Jesus. 
Fantastic. And thank you for sharing that. How can my listeners learn more about you? How can they stay informed of all of the projects that you're involved with? And how can they reach out? Absolutely. So I'm, I'm all over the web. You can find me on LinkedIn. You just type in Dwayne Clark, D-W-A-I-N-E, and last name Clark with an E. Or you can go to my website if you have any interest in learning about the net lease industry, you just want to have a chat. Um, you can go to our website at buynnproperties.com, which is buytriplenetproperties.com. And I also have a book um, that's on Amazon that is specifically uh, for net lease investing called Real Estate Mailbox Money, the Passive Investor's Guide to Collecting Guaranteed Monthly um, Rent Checks from Brand Name Corporate Tenants. Uh, so if you want a copy of that book um, for, for MC's listeners, I, I will be giving it away on our website at buynnproperties.com forward slash cash flow ninja. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Dwayne, and uh, just sharing your knowledge and uh, your journey and providing so much value for my listeners. All right. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Life settlement investments have allowed financial and banking institutions to not only buy their equity contractually, but also diversify their capital from any economic market and geopolitical risk. It's been part of the billion dollar blueprint followed by institutional investors. And if you're an accredited investor, you can also now participate in this vehicle with enormous growth potential. You can watch an informational webinar presented by one of the premier organizations providing life settlement investments for number of solutions at cashflowninja.com forward slash life settlements. Thank you again for joining me on the Cashflow Ninja. If you like what you hear and appreciate what we're trying to build here, please subscribe, rate, and write a review for our show on iTunes and share our show with family, friends, and your network. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can sign up for our newsletter at CashflowNinja.com. I want to thank you for spending your most precious resource with me today, your time. Until next time, my friend, live a life of passion and purpose on your terms. presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objectives, situation and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness.